sorry. No, I'll, like my mind cleared and all I kept thinking about was that scene from Fire Walk With Me where he's like, my mind is as blank as a thought. You remember that? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I it's great. So. Welcome back to TV Talk, the show where we talk about CRT television, not television shows. I'm half your host. My name is Connor. Uh, my, my name is Max. And I'm back on my bullshit, everybody. Uh, I was driving down the road and I saw a TV that said free. And I, I put it in my I pulled over and I put it in my car and I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. So I have I have a new TV and I'm going to let me I'm going to justify this. All right. Well, all right. Yeah. Is it a CRT or it is what? a CRT? OK. I was surprised you didn't. Well, I, I kind of hit it a little bit from you. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't noticed, but I'm looking around for it now. But oh yeah, from your from your vantage, you can't see it. The uh, listener uh, definitely can't see it. Yeah. If you can, oh, okay, please like DM us because yeah. you have the gift of the second sight. Mm-hmm. Or you're hiding somewhere in this room right now, yeah. which is like you know we have another microphone, so. We have another microphone, and there are two entrances for crawl spaces. Yeah. And honestly, if someone was living in there, I wouldn't know. Have you ever looked to see if there's a Being John Malkovich door behind there? I have, and unfortunately, there's not. There's no dark dirt uh, tunnel. Mm, okay. Um, but we're getting perilously close to talking about television shows, which makes me worried. We're not there yet, but I, if I'm not mindful oh, okay. and present. Sure. You know, because I want to keep that promise. Yeah. And I know I will slip up and forget that we're in TV talk we, and not yeah, one act of it. So uh, you might be saying, Connor, you have four CRT televisions. What are you doing? And I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that uh, it was free. Uh huh. And that's that's it. And I have it now. Does this? It, yeah. Does <laughs> it work? I haven't tested it yet, but mm-hmm. the they taped uh, the free sign says it works. Okay. So I trust I trust the loose leaf paper that is still attached to it. Okay. Um and I did get rid of one of my other CRTs because it only had an RF adapter. Ah, uh, okay. So this has been TV Talk. <laughs> Welcome back to a Max Card and their podcast, a pop culture podcast where two best friends talk about what they want to talk about. I'm half your hosts. My name is Connor. Uh, my name is Max. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what episode number is this? Oh, great. I want to talk about this. This I is don't. episode 10. Is 10? This is the eighth is... episode we've recorded, but we're listing well, it as wait, 10. No, it's the ninth episode we've recorded. Because we recorded two episodes with Aaron, but one of them was oh, lost. Very true. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's great. So for returning listeners, we missed two weeks and we welcome you back with me saying I got another CRT. Yeah. And us being confused about our own recording schedule. Uh-huh. We're back in the groove, Hell baby. Hell yeah. Woo! Wee! I feel like it's been yeah. such, it's like net, we're in podcast mode now. So, yeah. like, even though I have seen you and we have recorded other podcasts in the meantime, um, I, ju- I feel like it's been so long. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Because we haven't, like, we haven't done this in, like, a month. We did that uh, episode with Aaron, which I don't even remember when we recorded that. I don't know. Time is soup. 
It is. You know Hashtag what? I'm, time I'm learning that now because I uh, I just lost my job. Yeah. Which was not a surprise. I knew it was coming. Um, I mean, they told me that the... You know. It was kind of a surprise because they kept pushing it back and moving the goalposts. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I worked at a health food store for the last six years, and back in March, before anything shut down, um, they told me that I, uh, you know, I was... So, back in March, before everything shut down, uh, I was supposed to be going on tour for a month uh with a friend of ours's band uh and the boss called me into the office one day and she's telling me about how you know she's kind of winding up to something and i can tell and i'm like all right i'm going away for a month she's uh, gonna tell me that like you know i can't have like full-time hours when i come back or something like that no that they were gonna be they were supposed to be closing the store at the end of april and that when I returned in the beginning of May, the store would be closed and I would no longer have a job. Um, so now we're recording uh, this on October something. Yeah, I don't uh, it's even like know. The, I don't know. It's like this. It's the sixth. Because, yeah, it? it's the sixth. Yeah, because yeah, tomorrow right. is the seventh. And that's when Hubie Halloween goes up on Netflix. Yo, Hubie Halloween count. Count it down. One day, bro. By the time you're listening to this, it's already fucking out. Yeah. Oh, shit. And we've watched it at, at least once each. Yeah. At least. I'm going to watch it as soon as I wake up tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. Or if I'm still up when it goes up on Netflix. Yeah, because isn't it, it's like 3 a.m., right? Oh, I'm not going to be hits. awake. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. I'll wake up a couple of hours after that. Yeah. But no. I, <laughs> I, um, anyway, so... Because of the fucking pandemic and uh, the horrible response that uh, the U.S. has had to handling it, uh, everything obviously was shut down. That tour was canceled. And for some reason, that kept the grocery store open longer. Right. Um, There were people who were trying to buy that space or whatever. Uh and I don't know what was going on, but basically they didn't know when the store was closing, but it wasn't going to happen at the end of April anymore. And since I was no longer going on tour, I was going to stay at work. So I don't. they told me it was like... They treated you like no time to die, where they kept being like, it'll happen on this date. Mm-hmm. No way, it'll happen on this date. Yeah. And you're just stuck in this shitty limbo yeah. where you both don't get the relief of like not having to work as a a grocery store employee during mm-hmm. a fucking pandemic right. where people are shitty to begin with. <laughs> um, but you also don't like, you have to constantly prep yourself for being unemployed. Y- yeah. And just the fact that they moved the goalpost on you so many times mm, feels yeah. like this might sound strong, but I'm going to stand by it. Uh-huh. It's like psychological warfare <laughs> against you. Yeah. I mean, and- I, capitalism fucking sucks a big one it does i've been referring to it as as gaslighting yeah because that's kind of how it's felt but it finally went through so i've it's been about a yeah as of tomorrow it's been a week yeah it's been one it's week? been one week bro <laughs> uh we're no fuck we talked about this on the other podcast we're not allowed like you can't do that no well, that's why that. that's why i didn't sing it 
I just stated it plainly. Okay, it's fine. Different enough. We can work around it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's a technicality. Yeah. No down over. Oh no, I did it. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I did. Um but yeah, no. So yeah, uh, it's been about a week since I have not had a job and it feels crazy, but I've had a lot of free time, so I've just been like drawing. Hell yeah. Drawing and watching movies. Um but now it's over and I'm still get I'm still getting used to having like all this free time. Yeah. And also it feels horrible to not have an income because mm-hmm. I need money. You know? Yep. This is just how the world works, unfortunately. But um Yeah, I've some I've I think I've gotten past the point where I'm like sitting in my room being like I should I should be doing something, right? Cause like normally I'd be at work. Yeah. But it's like, okay. You know, and like I'm pretty good at, at finding ways to not think that way. Right. A lot of that is um just by getting stoned and and drawing pictures while like, you know, the Simpsons plays in the background or whatever. Yeah. Um but I you know, I think I've been trying to be more um like use my time more constructively. I've definitely, um, I, you know, uh, cause I, and I am, I feel like I'm always ex- like justifying this to people like my mom or yeah. my therapist, but, um, and I don't know, but I, I think my therapist kind of gets it at this point, but I feel like, I feel like watching a movie that I have not seen before is a constructive use of my time. Yeah. You know? I don't feel like I'm like wasting time or not doing something important when I'm doing that, you know? So in that regard, you know, I've had a lot of time to watch a lot of of movies that I have not seen before recently. Yesterday, I crossed like a huge one off of my bucket list that's been on there forever, um, like which is uh, uh, Satan Tango by uh, Bellatar. Uh, which is like, I think it's like a notorious movie on like any, uh, almost like pretty much every cinephiles bucket list of movies. Uh, cause if you're not familiar, uh, Satan Tango is like, imagine Scott Pilgrim <laughs> at like two times speed, <laughs> like just like really insane poppy mm. genre thrills. Uh, yeah. It's just hit after hit after yeah. hit of like, it goes by so fast that like literally if you blink, you miss it. It's like if you've seen Electric Dragon 80,000 volts. Yeah. Think of that. Which is odd no. because not to, I'm sorry to go into like, it's a very tiny tangent. That No, it's cool. We can tangize. Every time I watch <laughs> Electric Dragon 80,000 volts, I forget that it's like his more, um, he changed his name a bunch, so I'm I can't remember what his current name is. But I think he put Dragon back into his name, the director. Okay. Um, but it's it's much slower than I always think it is for such a high energy film. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just a dude casually strolling through alleyways. Oh no, it definitely does. Like, uh, but I think just like that movie has like if you're familiar with it, it has that reputation. Yeah. But no. It's Sat- also like 50 minutes. Exactly. Though. So no, Satan Tango is is s- slow cinema, which is generally movies that are very long with very long takes uh and the pacing is typically slow, 
you know, it's not the story is not always very propulsive. Uh, sometimes it's a lot more about atmosphere or um, or characters than like actual like plot developments. Yeah. So Satan Tango does have a plot uh, more so than I was expecting, uh, which it seriously you know it really needs because the movie is seven hours and 20 minutes long and that's a a big reason why i think a lot of people don't sit down to watch it yeah you know aside from the fact that until it like the restoration went up on the criterion channel it wasn't like exactly available you know you could like find a disc and get it somewhere but or maybe there was like a repertory screening that you could go to, yeah. hopefully. Mm-hmm. And it's, I want to circle back to what you were saying about um, it being a constructive use of your time. Yeah. Because that is something, I'm definitely not like a productive person or as productive as I wish I was. Yeah. Which to everybody out there who feels that way, you definitely have to like cut yourself some slack given the fucking situation. Yeah. And it's hard, it's really hard to think about it differently but reframing it in that I am being as productive as I possibly can be and setting realistic expectations for yourself so that failure, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that you're feeling doesn't like weigh you down and prevent you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. Because I don't even there's so many like things that you hear again and again, like phrases that I'm trying so hard not to say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like unprecedented times and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like we're all fucking sick to death of hearing that. Right. But something that even though I'm not as productive as I want to be, I don't really like make time for leisure activities. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is like hard to do because it's not just this is something my therapist says to me a lot is like make sure when you're building a routine, mm-hmm. like slot in recreation time, like make time to watch a movie, make time to play a video game. Yeah. The danger is when you're like playing a video game as avoidance, right? And you Mm -hmm. should be doing something else or you're slotting in the video game time for the other thing you should be doing and like procrastinating it. Right. But there's a difference between that and making time for both and having that like that nice balance Mm -hmm. because it's all about finding harmony and that takes time and is super hard. But I do think it's very, you know, it's totally fine to say that me sitting down and watching a movie is an appropriate use of time. Yeah. And we can definitely still talk more about Saint Tango. I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know how interesting that discussion is uh, when it's right. just one sided, and when when other people haven't seen it either. Yeah, but exactly. seek it out. It's on Criterion Channel. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's a fantastic movie. It's really it's really incredible. Uh, the cinematography and the sound design. It's just that the atmosphere is just so ominous, and. Um, it feels like there is something sinister lurking underneath, like everything. It's a much uh, bleaker and more like plot-driven movie than I was expecting. Uh, the runtime is very daunting, but if you like slow cinema, then it's it's a, it's fucking astonishing. And personally, I feel like in my own life, I don't ever have a sense of creeping dread or that there's a large looming threat outside mm. of my, you know personal space yeah i just don't have that in my life right now Mm -hmm. so i would like to invite that into my life you know (laughs) um but i want to push that thought a little bit further okay of what is a good use of your time sure because this is a discussion of one to have on the podcast for a long time and we've probably touched upon and i really wish we had our buddy on because Mm -hmm. 
We yeah, have a yeah. mutual friend who has seen all of the Marine films. Oh, yeah. And I really want to have him on the discussion at some point mm-hmm. to talk about that. Sure. Because I feel like a lot of people would say that is a waste of time. I think he I think if he has time, then he would do it. Oh, hell yeah. You know, so we could work that out to have him on virtually. That would but be I've sick. like yeah. floated the idea to him before. And he uh, he's he's very uh, he can be very curt. You know, yeah. so uh, he wasn't like outright no. So I was like, all right, dope. he'll do it. Somehow. Hell yeah. So, yeah, because I always I always think of him when I think about this conversation. Right. Is right. I recently watched all eight episodes of the American remake of Utopia. <laughs> and I can see how people are like, Connor, you're going to fucking I, die one day. Can I just pause you for one second? You yeah. hold on to that idea. Uh-huh. We did. We had a discussion off mic about whether or not we were going to talk about this. And right. we decided no. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to talk about the like, I'm not going to get in the weeds about the show. Right. I I'm talking about the larger. The larger picture, which I yeah. totally get. I just, and I didn't mean to call you out and say, like, you're going back on what we said off mic. I was right. just saying that I thought it, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it is. it's, ugh. What I, I meant to say yeah, was yeah, yeah. that I'm not going to, like, be like, they did this thing different oh, yeah. from this and I Because I don't want, we had that discussion in, in like, person last night, yeah. like, off mic, and... I it's yeah it's bananas we've had enough of of that show but please continue right um and I just think like I can definitely see people in my life being like you are you are you're wasting your life doing this yeah and I would argue no I'm not Mm -hmm. because like I was saying it's all about that balance and harmony and I'm doing other stuff in my life that Mm -hmm. I think is like I'm in in a lot of ways I'm in the best spot I ever have been like physically and mentally. Yeah, and that's I've, kind of what's important. Yeah. And I've been getting out there and you know hiking and shit and getting back into nature and yeah. working out and I've just felt Put your so hands much in the dirt. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I did. But next that time. reminds me of one time we were very young. We were in high school. Very. <laughs> it was Okay. Compared to now, I think I like, don't even just, know if I would say very. Like I thought, I don't know. I was like, "Where we is he like going?" Eight. Like very young. That's what I thought. Yeah, but <laughs> I didn't we know were, you then. But also, just like where I was at with like life experience and shit, I would say it was it was fairly young. Yeah. All right. I guess so. You sure. know. But we were. It was one of the early times I had been smoking, and we were all smoking. Sure. And we had a we had a Buddha machine. Smoking grass. We were smoking grass in the grass. Ah. Uh-huh. And we had a Buddha machine, which was like this like sound generator thing. Yeah, and it, it generates like very minimalist. It's like has like four or five like uh, different loops programmed in it. Yeah. That and that's pretty much it. It's very calming and very pleasing, and we were all stoned out of our gourds, mm-hmm. and we were just like putting our hands in the soil and just kind of like like a like a cat would make biscuits we were just kneading it yeah and then we went back the next day and we were smoking during the daytime because when we were kneading the soil it was it was very dark out yeah and there was just like fucking broken glass everywhere (laughs) and it was just so that's why i didn't when i go hiking i don't put my hands in the dirt that makes also i got lyme disease so i should be like way more careful yes i forgot (laughs) after that happened um (laughs) I was talking to my psych about how I've been hiking more. Right. And he was like, I thought he said, don't get lung disease. Which yeah. I was like, well, don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get COVID. Yeah. 
and <laughs> no one on the hiking trail is wearing a mask. Hash- and it yeah, I was going to say hashtag wear a mask. Hashtag and wear just a mask. Like right there. It's yeah. I've, well, that's one of the fucking biggest things that made it so stressful working the last few months was people coming to, into the store and fucking arguing with you about why, you know, they feel like they don't need to wear a mask yeah like i I don't know i've i've had to yell at people that are at least twice my age to get out of the grocery store that they're shopping in because they can't wear a mask and it's just it's fucking ridiculous yeah like i knew people were selfish assholes Mm -hmm. but now you can clearly like there's a clear sign of like where someone is at with like empathy towards others yeah and i get on like on a hiking trail you could be like oh well they're socially distancing you're Mm -hmm. out in like the woods but where i've been hiking the paths are one person wide yeah and the people i come across they don't put on their mask when they pass me they just pass me and are like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And I can just see the particles coming out of their mouth. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. get, you're not making any effort to social distance. No. And I see people walking around in the streets with, like, it down above their face, like, mm. under their chin. Yeah, yeah. Um, And no one ever, like, is like, oh, shit, and pulls it up. They just keep going. Yeah. Well, it's like using semantics. It's like, well, I have a mask on, you know, it's just not covering your fucking mouth or nose. And Uh, I'll put a pin in this because I know no one, we all like I'm preaching the choir. Yeah. That's not why you're listening to the podcast. No. But I did watch all of the American Utopia. Uh Uh-huh. And I think as a writer, because you were talking about watching films as like a constructive exercise. Yeah. It, I think it does behoove you to watch something that. For one, it was entertaining. So okay. I got that aspect of it. Even though it was bad, there were parts of it that, like, I was engaged with. Right. Whether ironically or just like, oh, well, I like this part of the show. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of, like, in a capitalist society that our our function is to, like, feed the labor machine, right? Yeah. Against our own self-interest. Like... When I worked at Staples, they were like, you take a break when I tell you to take a break. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's better for us if you take a break right when you walk in so you can work the rest of your shift and we don't have to work because we can cover you yeah. at four o'clock. And that's not what a fucking break is. Nope. It's not at all. Yeah. But they can put down on paper that you took a break that day. Exactly. Yeah. So it's because life is finite. If you find joy in something. Mm-hmm. And you personally, because it's all about, like, your internal perspective. Right. If you personally get something out of it, I think that's worth it. I think that's a worthwhile use of your time. Yeah. As long as that works harmoniously with other stuff. That's- and in terms of film writing, mm-hmm. I think it's very uh, good to watch something that, like, doesn't quite work. Because it's so hard to watch good writing and kind of figure out what makes it good. Yeah. It's like trying to reverse engineer a magic trick Mm -hmm. where you're like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but like, damn, it works. Sure. But if you watch something that doesn't work, like the American Utopia, you can kind of see like, oh, I can, it's easier for me to quantify why it's not resonating with me, why the dialogue isn't working, how it feels like people aren't reacting in human ways, but Mm -hmm. in ways that the plot requires them to act you know, kind of thing. And so I just think it's it's a helpful learning exercise as long as you're not, like, only binge-watching Utopia. Well, yeah, of course. And you also need to 
approach you can't come at it from like a level where it's like i'm better than this yeah which is also and i think we need to you know provide the context that we are biased uh when looking at the u.s utopia um because we are big fans of the original series that was on a few years ago right so as much as you want to try and so i haven't i only watched like collectively two minutes of it uh because i'm just not interested really but um you know as as much as you want to try and like look at it objectively um it's like you still have that subjective point of view and like i totally get and agree with what you are saying about it in terms of spending time which is kind of why i don't really believe in the idea of of wasting time yeah nor do i and I, I definitely do have inherent bias coming into it. Sure. But I will say, as someone who watched the whole thing, oh, yeah, it is course. definitely bad. Oh, without Not even as a, mm-hmm. in comparison, on its own merits. And I'm actually going to try and do a whole video essay about like, yeah, acknowledging that I do have inherent bias. But separate from that, it is also quite not good. Y- yeah. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I don't disbelieve that for a second. Yeah. Which brings me to something else that is also is it's it's trickier to quantify in terms of quantity but we're going to do a quick plug we are working hard on another podcast yes, called a very venture rewatch mm-hmm. with our good friend who was guested on the podcast before Aaron hell yeah hell if you yeah. listen to the last episode you'll be like i remember Aaron yeah if you want to hear Aaron on every episode of a podcast listen to that one follow it's also us. it's just yeah well go ahead follow us on twitter it's at very venture pod mm-hmm. yeah and Aaron is pretty much in charge of the Twitter and is doing a much better job at it than we are with our own Twitter. Aaron came at <laughs> this podcast with like just so much organization yeah. that it is wild. And it's it's so much more, I think, focused than this one is. Yeah. So which if that was the point of this show. Well, yeah, obvious. Be, yeah. yeah, of course. It is, which is basically it's me saying we're not going to change this one. No. But if you are like, I wish I they would talk about like one fucking thing. If you want a format. Yeah. Check out a very venture watch. Hell yeah. When it uh, drops. But that. Yeah. So uh, you, Aaron and I have all been very close friends for a long time. And during that time, we've all also been. Um, to say like big fans of the Venture Brothers would be like an understatement. You yeah. know, it's a very, very important show to the three of us, both all, you know, together as well as individually. Um, and we haven't really talked about that. I don't think we've talked about the Venture Brothers at all on this podcast. We talked about it on the episode we recorded with Aaron that the lost episode. we lost, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, so and on that episode, we did acknowledge that it was strange that we never brought it up on this before. Yeah, but the we really wanted the reason it hasn't come out is because it's such a more like I want it to be more of a polished and focused thing. Right, we're still working out like little individual things about like what are we gonna do for the music cues and mm-hmm. such like that. And so I was looking into public domain cartoons, okay, um, to see if I could so- find some like venture esque. J.G. Thorwell-like music. Yeah. Did we um, say what the podcast is about? 
I mean, I guess the title kind of explains it. But it's a, it's a Venture Brothers rewatch. Yeah, podcast. we're just yeah. going episode by episode throughout the entire series. We're gonna do just talk about why we love the Venture Brothers. At each episode of our podcast focuses on a different episode of the Venture Brothers. We're gonna get deep into the nitty gritty. Oh yeah, all the nooks and crannies because we love it. Yeah. So I was looking for. G.G. Thorwell-esque music to use for intro music, but that was in the public domain. Okay. And there's a bunch of Max Fleischer Superman cartoons from the 40s. Oh, cool. That are in the public domain. And I found a little musical sting that is definitely, it's very rough quality, so I don't know if it'll work. Okay. But it sounds like it's from the Venture Brothers. It is free to use commercially because it's in the public domain. So I was watching these old Superman cartoons and I was astonished by the quality of them. Uh-huh. Like, they really hold up super well by modern standards and in a lot of ways surpass modern cartoons. In terms of animation or writing? In ter- Yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. In terms of animation. Okay. Specifically in terms of animation. <laughs> All right. Because the thing is, I got the music from The Mad Scientist, which oh. is the name of the film. Okay, cool. I did not watch all of The Mad Scientist. The one I did watch, and I meant to look into this more before recording, but I'm pretty sure the name of the short is Yokohama. <laughs> and the whole, f- it's an eight minute short film. Uh-huh. And the whole episode is just Superman sabotaging a Japanese naval base. <laughs> And it's fucking insane. Oh, it man. was the most insane. Well, yeah, dude. Shit. I mean, it's from the 40s. Yeah. Then you gotta, it's, you know, at that point, they ha- it's very, like, super, like, gung ho pro American. I mean, it's well, very so. nationalist. What, yeah. And jingoistic. But it, I thought this, that's always kind of. Superman was always a little bit nationalistic in a way, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I just never, I just never engaged with that part of superman in that era oh yeah yeah and it was wild to see with really beautiful animation superman commit horrible like war crimes oh and the whole it's an eight minute short Uh so the action is very focused to the point where like i don't get the setup because clark kent and lois lane are like in a hotel or something okay and their door is guarded by the japanese military and every like what the whole short is just Superman sneaking out at night, okay, and just like yanking like naval ships into the harbor and like exploding them, <laughs> and it just cuts, and you just see like it's like six minutes of explosions and uh-huh. people fucking dying, oh, and then boy. Superman sneaking back in and just putting a robe over a Superman costume, not taking off, <laughs> putting a robe, and Lois being like Clark, what's what's going on, and he's like, oh, I don't know, it's hopefully sabotage he literally says i don't know hopefully sabotage why are they in japan during world no war Two? fucking idea they <laughs> don't explain it and lois lane is like oh man do you think it's superman and then a guard like starts banging on the door being like hey be quiet and i'm like lois i don't think you should be like talking this loud about this like godlike American hero uh-huh. who is murdering all these Japanese soldiers while you're under guard from the Japanese military. <laughs> and at one point she's like, Clark is out just fucking murdering people. Okay. And as Lois, Superman does. As Superman does. 
it's classic part of Golden Age Superman comics is him well, yeah. just like Superman was a serial killer. Yeah. In his spare time. He was a serial killer on a serial box. Yeah. Well, so I mean when he yeah, because I just imagine if when he wasn't being like, you know, doing Clark Kent stuff or Superman stuff, he was just going out killing people. Like yeah. what if Superman had like this fucking like <laughs> psychopathic bloodlust they should make that a movie but the one note i would add is like just said it when he's a little kid you know i don't want to talk about that <laughs> fucking movie yeah we won't talk about brightburn oh, we got nothing God. to say anyway we, but i'm th- very interested in the idea that i proposed which is superman as a serial killer yeah in his as he's so he is superman he saves the world and he's clark kent and he you know does his thing for the Daily Bugle, and he goes and visits his folks out on the farm, but he's also a serial killer. I want to see that, and I don't I don't mean to correct you, because I know what you meant, but I do want to see Superman get transferred to Spider-Man's newspaper, and that's, that's the crossover. But it's all the stories are only... Did I say something wrong? You said Bugle, and it's Planet. Ah, but I don't want to oh, be yeah. that nerd who's like, oh, it's the Daily Planet? Well, uh, to any nerd who... Gives who a shit? do feel that way just know that i don't fucking care yeah nor do i i just thought it would be if there's i just want a really boring ass comic where it's just the newspaper shit Uh uh-huh and it's peter parker and clark kent no superhero business okay just like oh mr kent i got the pictures for you what if (laughs) he didn't know his like it's them but they don't what if they some all right they somehow got amnesia So they they don't know that they have like these superpowers, (laughs) but they can still use them. Right. So it's like a comp. They basically don't know that they have super strength, and are like accidentally like pulling doors off of hinges and like walking through walls. Or, like, you know, tearing people's arms off when they shake their hand. I want to drill down into the walking through walls part. Because I get what you mean. Yeah. But who is walking, like, towards a wall? Yo, they're and walking and it. talking. Oh, they're doing you. business, yeah. you know? It's, walk, a- it's a newspaper, bro. The news is a 24-7 news cycle, Connor. It's they're Aaron wa- Sorkin's All the time. All the time. All the time. You gotta... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I would. Clark I turns don't a want corner. Sorkin to write it. I wouldn't watch that. Well, you said walk and talk. That's well, the first yeah, thing that comes in right. my mind. No, that's fair. I don't want to see that show either. But um, so Lois Lane is watching just the everything around her explode. Yeah, everything outside her window is. We're talking up. about the real cartoon now, or yeah. and not my fantasy one. No, I'm going back. I'm it going works. Back to Yokohama. It, the, honestly, this works for both, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, there's totally like you know what maybe because Superman. So all right, Superman has multiple personalities. One of them's a serial killer, and then the other one's Tyler Durden. Right, and I I I was just talking to my brother about this about the like using that as a trope for like mental illness and stuff and yeah. othering people with i don't know the current name of because it's not a disorder there are people with alters who like want to be normalized oh okay so yeah sure. i don't want to come I mean, at you with like the woke stuff sure and like put you down but uh-huh. i do want to just address that like that is that is something i wish media would be more uh cognizant of so how do you and sensitive towards what do you think about split 
and how you think split handles it. That is that is tough. And can we put a pin in that? I just want to finish the Yokohama stuff. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. The split thing is a whole other conversation, and I do want to get into that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so everything as far as great. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you know, obviously, I think that there are probably some forms of media that do really nail that, totally. as well as you know. Um, I think there's a bug. I don't. Yeah, there's a. Flaw. Oh, that's okay. what I'm swatting. I was at. just looking at. I was just checking oh, the time. Okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah. If no, you're I was listening, gonna get into a whole other thing. I was gonna go on a tangent about clean shaven, but uh, that's a different disorder. Yeah. Uh, but it's it was about how the one we were talking about often gets lumped in with uh, schizophrenia. Yeah. And how uh, clean shaven is kind of. Um. It's a very interesting movie, but I don't want to talk about that right now because I talk about it for too long. And we're going to finish talking about Superman Destroys Japan. Yep. And then we're going to talk about uh, Split unless we talk, find something else more interesting to right. talk about. So Lois Lane is watching Superman just like wreck everything, right? He's basically going Godzilla. He's going, yeah, It's it really feels that way. Okay. Uh, oh no! No, I don't like that. I don't know. No, uh, yeah. As, Japan. as soon as I said it, I was <laughs> I like, didn't make that connection. I waited for you. I was waiting for you to react, and you didn't. I was like, oh, maybe that was okay. It took my brain a couple <laughs> steps to catch up to right. where we were at. So he's there's all these like explosions happening, and it's a combination of like, wow, this effects animation is incredible. Uh-huh. What's happening is horrible. <laughs> I feel really bad. And like there it cuts to shots of Superman where they only use two colors, red and black. It's Superman just lit in red and okay. all the shadows are like harsh black shadows. Ooh. And it's fucking scary. Yeah, it sounds and like I don't like evil. It. Yeah. He comes across as super fucking evil. Mm-hmm. So while that's happening, Lois Lane is just like so fucking jazzed that superman is doing this uh-huh. and destroying the japanese military to the point where the japanese military finally busts in and they're like hey what the fuck like <laughs> you're cheering the death of our comrades we're right here so they kidnap her uh-huh. and all over town there's a montage of them posting signs saying hey superman if you don't fucking knock it off we're going to execute lois lane it literally says execute lois lane there's a scene of Lois Lane very fucking stoically, I might add, uh-huh. with a white blindfold, hands tied behind her back, in front of a firing squad. Oh, boy. The reason Superman finds this out is that he pulls on an anchor for uh-huh. a large like cruiser ship, and he pulls it into the harbor. It f- like flips over and explodes, uh-huh. but it was held up by metal scaffolding. And the metal scaffolding falls down on Superman. And I had to rewind it because I'm like, wait, did he do that to himself? (laughs) And he fucking did. (laughs) And on one of the girders, he sees the poster that says Lois is going to be executed. (laughs) And that's how he finds out. So he like jumps in right at the nick of time and all the firing squad bullets just bounce off of him. Okay. It's a wild fucking short. Oh, the most insane part is how it ends. Okay. So, oh my God. (laughs) If fucking, they, Superman saves Lois and then it cuts to, and every time he like commits a war atrocity, it plays this like, da-da-da, da-da-da, like happy music. Mm -hmm. It's uh, propaganda, bro. Yeah. 
so he Lois gets back to Metropolis, mm-hmm. and the people at the Daily Planet are like, "Hey, where's Clark?" And Lois is like, "Oh, uh, he's still in Japan, <laughs> but it's okay because Superman said he'd look after him." <laughs> and then it cuts back to Yokohama. And it cuts back to more explosions and the city being raised by Superman. And it plays the happy music and says, the end. Oh, my God. It's fucking nuts. That's horrible. Yeah, it was uh, truly awful. It was yeah. very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really, it was very confusing because I was like, the artistry was so incredible. Yeah. And the content was horrific. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely encountered that a lot. in my cinematic journey over the last few years and it's an interesting thing to contend with sometimes you know um like split sure yeah exactly which is harder because that's so much more recent of a thing yeah absolutely you can't be like well in the context of the year that it came out yeah like i feel like we're beyond and i Uh came to that from like kind of I don't know, excusing that behavior almost in other genre films, like acknowledging the problematic nature. Yeah. But still like watching it on the level of like a genre flick. And I lent it to a friend being like, oh, Split's great. Check it out. Sure. And they gave it back to me and they were just like super bummed with how it treated people who have multiple personalities, people who have alters. Right. And I just, I didn't even like... It didn't cross my mind the way I think it should have when I lent that movie to my friend, you know? Okay, yeah. Like, they just, I was just coming off of, like, how I felt about it as, like, an M. Night Shyamalan horror movie. Mm -hmm. And they were just, like, they were really bummed when they gave it back. And they're like, I don't know. I didn't really, like, like it because of how it treats this. I don't, it's not a disorder. I don't want to call it a disorder. Uh Um, But, you know condition i guess is the best thing i can think of right now okay i i know nothing about it really i mean so it's i don't know it's hard to i'm like i'm trying to think back on to like split and whether or not they like is like they specify that like there is something like that about um James uh, McAvoy's character that is, you know, different from yeah. other people who ha- have that, um, you know, condition or whatever it is. I don't recall them doing that. And it's also the kind of thing as using that as shorthand for, yeah. like, a scary murderer type, right? Right. Like, maybe we could focus the conversation set on, like, something like Dress to Kill, where it's, you know, shorthand for... But does Dress to Kill do that? Do they... So no, in but it's so what Split does is that it addresses the trauma that caused him to create these different personalities. Yeah. Um and I don't know if the movie necessarily uses his disorder as a justification for any of his behavior, you know? I think that that's a lot I I would have to rewatch the movies. I don't think that it gets into it in that level necessarily. Um, from what I recall, the doctor who is like, you know, his therapist, whoever is treating him, the way that uh, she talks about it is it. I don't know. It seemed like I don't remember it being particularly like 
offensive, but I also I'm not one to say whether it's offensive or not just yeah. because I don't personally find it offensive doesn't right. mean that's not so. Um, no, but Dress to Kill doesn't do that, but it like basically goes out of its way to like it's so basically dress to kill is like this person is a psychopath and they're also transgender and like just like the explanation that um nancy allen's character gives to the kid at the end of the movie about that is like it's fucking bananas and it just something like that it feels like because that movie is supposed to be a riff on psycho which psycho pretty much says the same thing yeah it equates you know cross-dressing to being a psychopathic murderer you know um and i think that the way dress to kill handles it is not um necessarily like because it's brian de palma yeah you know so de palma is a provocateur um and he kind of like knows that it's button pushing but i think i don't know i feel like the very like blatant like almost offensive i don't know it feels almost intentional to me in that it's supposed to be like a button pusher and also be like well this is what psycho was saying you know so like you know if i'm riffing psycho like i'm gonna put this scene in there too right which also kind of feels like it's such a tough thing to balance because that also feels like very flimsy justification like you could argue that Juve bowl has similar thinking where he's like, I'm a provocateur. Sure. I'm intentionally pushing your buttons. Right. But I think the shit he makes is like trash. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, I don't, but I don't think that he should not, I don't think that he shouldn't be allowed to make it. I'm not saying that. I know, exactly. But that's, anyone should be allowed to. Yeah, of course. But I, I still think that doesn't make it okay. And I didn't mean to like justify. Because I right. I personally am not in a place to justify anything that Dress to Kill has to say. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not a trans person. You know, I could justify. I mean, I don't even know if it's just if it needs justification. Like I can tell you why I like that movie. Yeah, and why I will continue to like and watch that movie. But you know, it's also important to acknowledge the fact that. You know, it is horrifyingly problematic. And that's the that's the weird thing about Split is you were talking about how, like, they address that it's born out of trauma. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, and again, this is coming from a place of ignorance, you know? Yeah. Like, I would like to know more about this and research this more so I can have a more informed opinion. Yeah. And that's, I think that's kind of the point is you need to be able to check yourself and your, I guess, inherent bias yeah. towards a thing. The knowledge you're bringing into it, and I feel like people should be more open with someone saying, hey, I don't think this is okay for these reasons, right. and not automatically like getting defensive, but just trying to think about it from like an outside perspective, Sure, where you could argue that Split like does a good job of addressing that it is born out of this trauma, okay. but it's still putting someone with that condition in the, like it's using it as shorthand to 
have this genre thing, right? Right. Of, like, these scary, like, serial killer type characters mm-hmm. or the beast that comes out. Sure. And it's still, like, turning something very real into a genre trope. And I honestly don't think it's that different from, like, Dress to Kill. Right. Where it's saying that this condition is hand-in-hand hand with mental illness. Okay, you know? yeah. I that don't, would drive someone sh- to murder people. Sure. So I don't necessarily think that there's a difference between those two movies either. But uh, So I want to ask you a question, though. Am I problematic for saying that while I acknowledge that's true, I still choose to openly enjoy those movies? No. Okay. Because I don't think... Because it's like... Just because you enjoy a movie and the craft of a film, sure, I don't think means you endorse what is because it's there's two avenues I think. Right. One depiction is not endorsement. Absolutely. Right. And a movie can be saying something is wrong, even though they're depicting it, and that's kind of like it's that's kind of what I think is weird about the UK utopia and the mm-hmm. American utopia Ye- is that the UK utopia is far more upsetting to watch. Yeah. With its violent content, but th- I feel like it's a natural human empathetic reaction because it's positing, like, when do the ends justify the means? Right. And so you have to grapple with your own, like, flexible morality in, like, oh, that, like, makes me feel really shitty. Do I agree with this? And you kind of have to do that emotional legwork to, like, see where you stand. And I don't think that means the show is endorsing it. Right. So the American one tones that down, but in doing so, I think weirdly is more problematic because it kind of like makes the violence seem, I don't know, lighter and more acceptable and characters don't grapple with it the same way. So it's less upsetting, Mm -hmm. but I'm still like, I don't think it is brave enough to tackle the, the moral implications of what it's presenting. And the second avenue is... Just because you like a movie with problematic content doesn't mean you support that problematic content. Sure. And I think you can have a more nuanced view on the film that doesn't mean you have to like either write it off wholesale right. or endorse it wholly. Exactly. You know? It's not um it's not like a binary thing. Okay. Like yeah. I can still yeah, be like Dress well, to Kill uh, yeah. is a fucking great movie mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed when I watched it. Yeah. Um but that also made me very uncomfortable with how it per- portrayed that, that trans character. It, yeah, it's very wild. But it kind of, like, it all hits at the very end. Yeah. You know? And, like, the rest of the movie is just, you know, I in terms of craft, it's a, a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. You know, I mean, Brian De Palma's an incredible filmmaker. Um and I mean, they teach shit like birth of a nation and intolerance in film school. Oh, well, yeah. Of and it's course. not because we're like, oh, what they're saying is good. You well, know, yeah, the message exactly. of this movie is like what we're endorsing. It's more as an illustration of the craft. And much like I don't think Uwe Boll shouldn't have the right to make movies, mm-hmm. I don't think we should be like locking these films in a vault either. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like the whole the argument with certain things on Disney plus where like it feels like 80% of the things on Disney plus have that warning of like, this is a product of its time and reflects certain, you know, social Mm -hmm. things that are like definitely not okay. I think that's a better way to tackle it and to have a discussion about it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As opposed to 
taking them down. Yeah, and being them down. like, this is problematic, so we're putting it away. Yeah. Instead of being like, this is problematic, but instead of putting it away, we're leaving it here so that we can talk about how this was okay when it existed. Yeah. You know, there's a big conversation to be had about, you know, something like Song of the South and how that was fine when it came out. And now it's absolutely not, you know, and is very racist but how it really was always racist, you yeah. know, and how if you really look at the big picture didn't come out that long ago, you know, yeah. it's not like it, it came out in like the fucking 20s or like even the 30s, you know, yeah. when did when did song is when is song of the South from? I I don't I don't know I don't know I want to say it's the 40s, but it could be earlier. I think it was a very early color film. Yeah. Um. But it goes back to, I think... So maybe it was the 30s then. This country specifically seems to have an issue with confronting its past, right? Like, Yeah. We talked about this before in what we learned in American history growing up, is like we're being fed the sanitized Song of the version. South was 46. Oh, okay. We're being fed like a more sanitized version of what happened, which is still horrific, you know? It's oh, yeah. Still, but... Then you grow older and find out it's even worse than all that. Mm. And the fact that we're learning about things like uh, the Tulsa massacre mm-hmm. from Watchmen. Yeah. And that is like a surprise to people is shocking. Like, I feel like that should be more in the public consciousness because we always are presenting it as some like a problem that we've solved. Yeah. You know, we had the civil rights movement and then racism was over, <laughs> you yeah. know. Unfortunately, that's not the case. No. But yeah, I mean, so that um, John Singleton's film Rosewood yeah. came out in 1997, a uh, movie set in... Uh, uh, you can cut out the silence of me looking up when Rosewood is oh, set. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we got to remember that we can do that. <laughs> so Rosewood is, is set in the 1920s, and... Are you familiar with, like, that story at all? Or, like, uh, I mean, Vaguely. it was an event. You know, it really happened. Yeah. But so it's basically Rosewood. It was a town in Florida. It was a very wealthy black community. And I think... Was that Black Wall Street? Um, Was it Black Wall Street? No, Black Wall Street was the Tulsa, was Tulsa? race yeah. uh, race massacre. Um. So, yeah, th- it was, uh, you know, a white woman lied about being raped by a black man. So, pretty much, this town was, like, raised to the ground. Yeah. Just, like, fucking, like, you know, men, women, and children massacred. Uh, and John Singleton's movie about it is horrifying. Like, it it feels like a horror film in how, like, intense it is. And so there were, uh, uh, there were a few survivors um, who were children at the time who, I think it was in, like, the early 90s, were going on talk shows and stuff and really kind of brought it to the public consciousness, which is fucking crazy that it was just, like, not part of, like, history yeah that it's like so there was this black community 
and you know the white community next door destroyed it because of racism yeah and it's fucking insane you know and it's that it's so it's a fantastic movie i highly recommend it to you and to anybody who's listening to this i believe it's streaming on hbo max Max, Um, right now yes that's where i watched it yeah but yeah it's just because everything is so systematically broken Mm -hmm. you know and black lives are treated so inconsequentially it's like it seems crazy that that wasn't like immediately a part of history, but at the same time, it's like, of course it wasn't because, because it happened to black people. Exactly. And yeah. you know, it's white people write the history books. Yep. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, that's just how it goes in this country, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm very glad to have, have learned that, uh, over the last you know, however many years that I've become more conscious of how the world works, you know? Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, glad to know it in that, like, having that knowledge is good, but now I'm just angry all the time. Right. And now it's at the point where we have to self-reflect and be like, well, what can we do? Oh, yeah, You know, absolutely. like, how can we channel that anger into action? You know, what is, especially as white people yeah like there's so much that we can do with our privilege mm-hmm. to help that and that's something i need to be better about is like educating myself more yeah and figuring out how to turn that into actionable change absolutely right? yeah oh i i completely agree yeah. uh as well as like in terms of myself yeah so on that very serious note hell yeah we're gonna call it uh, an episode yeah this has been an episode of Wamekdotip. Wamekdotip. Oh, I brought. I wrote. I wrote a Wamekdotip poem. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I brought the notebook that it's in. Fuck yeah. And uh, we can go out on that note, which is funny because it's a welcome poem. Um, <laughs> but even so, let's see. Where is the poem? Let's see. I have notes for the other podcast. Uh, this is a short story, I think. Welcome back to uh, National Butthole Radio. We have author, writer, drawer extraordinaire, Max Rustano on Hello, the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. So I'm going to read a poem. Uh, I wrote this uh, for this podcast. Excellent. Um, it is untitled. And yeah, I'm going to Un- read it for you now. Untitled as read by Max Rustano. Welcome back once again, my lovely listeners and dearest friend to a brand spanking new Wamekdotip. I hope that this will fill your cup with laughs and thoughts a muck and a bound. So wild and silly that they shake this very ground. So come, my friends, and have a seat and sup some of our suckle comedy meat. A disgusting term, that's to be sure. But that's okay. Just shut the door. Because, honey... It's about to get worse. Um, and then, so that was supposed to be right at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Presumably we would have <laughs> talked about worse things than that. Uh, but I guess since it's at the end, you know. Uh, this episode's like Tenet. Like just, normally we try to end on a TV talk. Yeah. Because no one wants to hear it. You're not, I guess it doesn't get worse than suckle comedy meat. It's kind of gross. No, but I also, I, every time you read that line to me, I keep expecting teeth. 
No. Because of suckle. But Mm-mm. no, it's that. And that's that's see, that's the thing. It goes back to how you have these expectations of what you think the art is going to be. Right. But then, you know, it does. It's also different. It's about interpretation, too, because is is it about dick sucking or is it about cannibalism? Yeah. Who knows? It's up I to do, you. But I'm not going to tell you. Well, it's death of the author. I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh, my God. Oh, no.